It's good to just praise Him, isn't it? It's good to just worship Him. Oh, we worship You. Hallelujah. Praise You, Father God. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Man, first believer service in person for a while. It's good to be in the presence of God together. Hallelujah. I don't know if you can tell a difference. Sometimes there's just a difference about being in one place together. And His His corporate anointing is here. His corporate anointing is here to, to, to help us, to help us understand, to help us see, to help us go further. And I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. I'm hungry to see the things of God. I'm hungry for all that He has for us, His best. I don't want to see anything short of what His best is for us, for me, for for this valley. I want to see what God has for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. You're so good. Your presence in this place brings us to peace. It brings us to a stillness where we find joy, we find rest, we find strength in you. Thank you, Lord, that there's nothing lacking here in this place. That there's nothing missing in us. There's nothing broken. That you've made us your righteousness in Christ. That, Father God, that you've placed us in your family. You've placed us a part of your plan, a part of your will in these last days. And I thank you, Father God, that there's no hindrance by man. There's no hindrance by the enemy that can, that can even slow us down. That can even come close to stopping anything that you're doing in and through us today. I thank you, Father God, that there shall be no weapon formed against us that will prosper. There shall be nothing that the enemy can come up with that will stand in our way of fulfilling your plan. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us every spiritual weapon needed to combat anything that the enemy has. And I thank you, Lord, for freedom. Nothing bonding us. Nothing chaining us up. No strings attached to us. But freedom in this place because your spirit does it. It's by your spirit. Hallelujah. We worship you. Glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Worship you. He's so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I think I have some direction on where to go. I want to I want to get into the word a little bit. I don't know how long it's going to be. Probably not super long. And then we'll just see where we go from there. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab your seats. Hallelujah. You know, there's there's a certain passage that was just sticking out to me all day today. And uh, and it was just on my heart. And as I was thinking about it, it also reminded me of something Pastor Mark said on Friday at noon prayer, actually, about um, about how turmoil and perilous times are are prophesied in the end, right? The end, end times we see perilous times, and uh, and then he shared about how you know that might be the outside, but that doesn't have to be inside. The the inside of the believer should not experience any sort of perilous times on the inside of us. We can walk through perilous times full of joy full of the peace of God, fully assured that what he said is going to come to pass, fully protected, that nothing evil can come even near us. Amen. And, uh, and that's, how, that's, that's how 
uh, it's prophesied in the end times. And, and there's, there's prophecies about the end time pouring out as well. And there's going to be a pouring out of the Spirit of God like never before. And so not only are we going to see darkness get darker, but we're going to see the light get lighter. We're going to see manifestations of the Spirit at an increase. And, uh, and, and as the enemy tries to, t- tries to go all, all out, uh, the Spirit of God is more than enough. And the Bible says where sin abounds, which, by the way, that's talking about, you know, you know in, in regards to end times, I think a lot of the perilous times are coming because of sin abounding. Sin produces all sorts of ill effects to nature, all sorts of ill effects on the world. And uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And so there's going to be an increase of grace. There's going to be an increase during during times where it's perilous to to, to see God's ability uh, moving in us and through us. And, and those, those, there, there's going to be decisions made where you're going to either give in to the, the, the thoughts behind the perilous times, or you can uh, get your mind stayed upon his word and be stayed in perfect peace, where your mind is assured with his promises, where nothing that you, uh, nothing that you come across can even even hinder you, slow you down, make you even think twice about is am I going to be okay? Is it is it is this going to work out? No, no, I don't have to. I don't have to let that thought dwell in me because I have His Word in me. I have His promises to me, and and it keeps me right where I'm supposed to be, no matter what it looks like on the outside, no matter what everything looks like. And uh, and uh, let, turn with me to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. And this was the passage that was just sticking out to me all day. And, and I'm sure you've probably read this, maybe even multiple times. And it's a, it's a pretty famous passage. Uh, starting in verse 25, this is Jesus talking. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value, of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. I'm going to stop right there. You know, Jesus' response to you needing stuff, and, 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 and he's pointing out, hey, listen, uh, your mind is going to go towards these things unless you do something. Unless you do something else, your mind is going to go towards, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What am I going uh, to need to natural needs? And Jesus is saying, listen, you don't have to be worried about those things because why? Because your father has already been, he already knows you need these things. 
He already has planned out your future. He already knows when you come across these different situations that you're going to come into, he's already set it up. He's already set up different spots in your life where it's divine appointments of, of provision. And uh, one of the names of, of God that he's revealed himself to be is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh means our God, the provider. The provider. He provides. He provides everything that we need. There's nothing that, that, uh, that, we, can, that, that we need where we can say, Oh, I'm going to look somewhere else. I'm going to look towards to mom and dad. I'm going to look towards rich uncle Joe. I'm going to look towards uh, my, my parents. You know, God, even, even um, people who trust in their own employment, you know, as their provider. You know, most even believers today, God is not their source. God is not their provider. They're looking to others. They're looking to some other source to be the one who provides what they need. And, and God is, is uh, I believe, wants us to be free of that. There's freedom in having God be your source. You know, when someone else is your source and you're relying on something else, say, say the government. You know, there's people who, they rely on the government. I mean, we're seeing all this economic, uh, you know, some, some turmoil right now. And a lot of people are saying, come on, government, provide for us. Is that, is that really the right answer? Is that, should, should we as believers think that that's the answer? It's not. It's not the answer. And see, whenever you're relying on someone else to provide, there's, there's always strings attached. There's always, you know, okay, well, yeah, I'll provide for you if you do this. And, and when, we have, when we have God as our provider, he's not attaching strings to things. See, even Pastor Art was talking about earlier about receiving things as a gift. And God, when he provides, it's a gift. He's giving it to you. He's giving it as a gift. He doesn't, he doesn't say, okay, I'm going to give this to you, but you have to do this, and you have to do that. And you have to... No, he already provided everything through Jesus, which means it's already been given. It's past tense. It's already done. Despite anything that you do, or despite any, any sort of things going forward, God's provision was already given 2,000 years ago. And, uh, and, I, and, and I'll probably go to a scripture that's going to point to that. But our provision is not, you know, Pastor Mark talked about last week on a Wednesday night about, uh, about everything being uh, in light of the cross. Everything that we see, everything that we go to, it's in light of the cross. Our provision is the same way. It's in light of the cross. When we believe that we, what, what Jesus did was enough for our provision, then we're not wondering if God's going to do it because we know he already has done it. It's already settled. It's already a fact. And we have been, according to Ephesians 1, that we have been blessed with all spiritual uh, blessings. And so those, those have already happened. We've already received them. If you've received Jesus, if he's inside of you, you're blessed. You stepped into an, a covenant of blessing. You stepped into the Abrahamic covenant of blessing, which means it's not just, I feel good. It's not just, uh, I'm blessed because I have great relationships, which that's definitely part of it. But it's, I'm blessed because I have everything I need. I'm blessed because God provides everything I need. 
And if you look at Abraham's life, he's actually the one who God first showed his name to, I am the provider, I am Jehovah Jireh. And so Abraham knew God as his provider. He trusted in God to provide for him. And look what, anybody know what what, uh, Abraham's life was like? Was he... Was he living a pretty meager life? Was he living paycheck to paycheck, so to speak? Harvest season to harvest season? I guess is what you'd call it back then. <laughs> Not at all. He was living in abundance. See, another, another name for, for God is El Shaddai. That means the God of abundance. He's a God that's more than enough. He's a God that's full of abundance. If our life doesn't reflect that, his best isn't happening in our life. And I don't know about you, but uh, in, in times where, where the world starts, starts melting down as far as emotionally, as far as being worried about let's stock up, let's, you know, let's hoard, that kind of thing. I don't know about you, but I start thinking about abundance, about my God being an abundant God. You know, you know there, there is the, the mentality of some where they start seeing other people having problems and they start preparing for them themselves. You know what that do you know what that shows? That should that should just show you where your faith is, what you're trusting in. Do you is the word of God real to you? Is the promise of him being your provider real to you when you just expect what happens to your neighbor, what happens to your unbelieving coworker that it's going to happen? That's going to be the same thing that happens to you. And we don't have to live that way. We can live above what this world experiences. Not only can we, but we should. We're mandated to. You know, the Bible talks about that we are, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're ambassadors for Christ. What does that mean? What is the word ambassador? If you think about that, when we have an ambassador of the United States over another country, are they a part of that economic system in that country? Are they working inside that other economic country? Are they, are they doing things? Uh, are they, is their currency even that country's currency? Not at all. It's the, of the currency of the, of the United States that sent them. And when they need something, do they go out and get a second job? <laughs> do, do they, what, what, when an ambassador needs something, what do they do? They call home. They call, their, they call their nation in which sent them and say, okay, we, we have needs, we have some supplies that we're going to need. And, and when you have a rich nation, which by the way, heaven's rich, extremely, extremely rich. The, mo- the wealthiest place you could possibly imagine. I mean, I've been to Dubai. Seemed like a pretty wealthy place. I don't think it even touches, comes close to what heaven's like, and the, and the riches and the abundance that's there. You know, that's our source. That's where we come from. That's where our DNA is made of in the spirit. It's made of things of heaven. And heaven is such a wealthy, rich place. And to think that we should live so substandard to what, what, where our homeland is, is it's sad. It's sad to think that that could, be, that that could be even expected by God's kids. Think about it if you had kids and you were sending them on a mission to go do something for you in a foreign land. And they said, okay, I'll go, I'm going to go do this for you. Mom, Dad, I'm going I'm to go. 
would you would you say okay i'm not i'm not going to provide anything for you i'm not going to be there for you when you need me when when you get there you're you know hopefully you can make it or are you going to send your son your daughter with everything that they need fully supplied and a and a direct line that if they need more it's there's plenty available and wouldn't you uh, even possibly yourself be willing to sacrifice of your own supply of maybe your own abundance, or maybe even if you don't have an abundance, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be willing to supply your kids with whatever they needed? How much more does God love us than we love our own kids? How much more has he thought through the process of sending us to a foreign land to be ambassadors? He's thought through it very well. And he's planned your life to be walking in his fullness, in his abundance. He loves us so much. He wouldn't send us to a he wouldn't send us on a mission and not give us enough for it. And and really, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the next verse here, and this this helps put everything into the right perspective. Verse 33 of Matthew 6. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Again, in light of what I just said of us being ambassadors on a mission for the kingdom of God, where we are, you know, sometimes we just get off course. We just get off the mindset of of being mission-minded, of being, I got a plan uh, that God has sent me. I have a mandate from God to do certain things in a foreign land. If we have that perspective... And we have that mindset on a continual basis where we're thinking about, okay, God, I'm here to establish your kingdom. I'm here, to, I'm here to see what you want done on the earth today. I'm here to do your will, not my will. I'm here to live for you. You know what that does? It opens up the supply that is already inside you. See, when, God's, when God sent his supply, he put it in our spirit. Everything that we need is already inside of us. It's, it's, it's God's power. The Bible says that God gave us the ability to create wealth. That's Deuteronomy 8.18. God has given us the ability to do this. Now, we can get distracted with creating wealth. We can be so focused on money that we forget about what? The kingdom. The reason we're here. We're here for the kingdom of God. When our mindset is focused on that, when we're seeking that first, what happens? The supply that we need comes. And God's supply is abundant. It's, it's more than you need. It's to bless those around you. It's to bless your family members. It's to bless your neighbors. It's to bless your friends. And, and so it's not selfish to be blessed. It's, it's way more selfish to be poor. Because <laughs> you can't help anybody, but... Hopefully you can, you can find some, enough for yourself to live. And so God wants to be our provider. He wants to be the one that meets our needs. He doesn't want us to turn to the thing, you know, um, back, back before I had a relationship with God, uh, 2007, 2008 is, is the last real economic downturn we had. And I had, I had a business, I was self-employed, and uh, the industry in which my business uh, that I had, the industry just the bottom fell out with the housing crisis and everything then. And, uh, and, and I, I had a choice on what I should do. Okay, I don't all of a sudden have any income. What am I going to do? 
And, and, I, re, and I remember thinking through, okay, and, uh, and, and here was my thought process then. All my friends were, were druggies, and, uh, and I wasn't one at the time. I didn't, didn't do anything like that at all. Um, but I was an entrepreneur, and I had a business mind. <laughs> Some of you are putting two and two together here. What? So the decision that I made after that was... I'm going to start providing some of my friends with some of the things that they're already going to buy, and I'm going to, I'm going to make money off of it, right? And you know what, what eventually that led to? Eventually it was going to lead to things that, thank God, he intervened, and he did some things in my life that saved me from what that path eventually led to. But in the middle of that, I was so miserable. I was still scraping by. I was still, I was still so uh, all worried about everything. I mean, talk about being paranoid. I mean, that's that's some of the side effects of that stuff, anyway, right? <laughs> that and you do, you're doing something highly illegal, so you have a really good reason to be paranoid as well. So, so that's where that's where I was, and I remember, um, I remember being in a miserable state. I remember that when I was just thinking about me thinking about my next meal, thinking about how I'm going to pay for this and pay for that. It's, it's brutal. And, and it's, it's a weight. And, and, I, and in prayer earlier, I just kept hearing the Lord say, freedom. You know, when you, ha- when you carry the burden for your provision, and a lot of, it, it, you know, even after, even after I was walking with the Lord for a while, I carried this burden of providing for my family. When I, when I got married, when I had... Uh, my first child, there was like this burden of, man, I'm providing for a life here. This life is reliant upon me. And, and that burden is a real weight. And it will hinder you from, from being who you're called to be. It'll hinder you from being a good parent. It'll hinder you from being a good, a good husband. And, and a lot of people get off course with, I'm, I, I have to be the provider of the home. I have to be the provider. That is God's role. He does not want you to step into his shoes. He wants to be your provider. He wants you to be completely reliant upon him. He wants you to be completely focused on him, allowing him to do what he promised he would do, which is to provide for your every need. When we don't turn to the Lord, it turns out miserable. You know, going forward, going forward, I had this revelation that it wasn't up to me anymore to provide for me, not only to provide my needs, but also for me to be wealthy. You know, uh, let, let's turn to Second Corinthians. Because I don't, I mean, this is, this is how I have always thought, that I don't want to be someone who's just scraping by. I want to be someone who's successful. I want to be someone who doesn't have to worry about things, even even have to, you know, give a second thought about things that I need. And so I was, you know, young, had a new child, thinking of all these things that I uh, am going to need for a child, thinking about college, thinking about all the stuff that comes with parenting. And I just was dealing with this burden, and one day I'm reading along, I'm just reading the Word of God, and I, I come across come across Second Corinthians 8-9. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And it says, it says this, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, 
Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And when I when I read that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was all of a sudden this this ton of bricks that hit me also fell off my shoulders. And the burden of me having to make myself wealthy, having to make sure I was provided for, having to make sure that you know I'm going to be successful. It just left because I had a promise and I had something that said Jesus, his, what he went through was also for me to be wealthy. I mean, isn't that what it says here? The riches. Now you might say, well, what about, you know, how do you know riches is talking about you know, financial stuff here? What if it's just talking about, you know, I, I've, I've heard this one a few different times. I've shared this before. And it, it, that's a good question. And the, the way you interpret scripture, scripture is by context. What's the context of this scripture? Read 2 Corinthians 8, the entire chapter. It's all about finances. It's about giving. It's, it's in regard to your needs. It's re- in regard to our supply. And so when he's talking about riches here, why would he all of a sudden be talking about something in context uh, that doesn't even make sense about, okay, you're going to be spiritually rich. Jesus, Jesus didn't, didn't come to just make us spiritually rich, which he did. But in addition, he came to make us material, materially rich. And I know that some religious spirits in here hate hearing that. I know that. And I'm okay with that. Because it's the word of God. And it's a promise of his. And, and, and I also know, and, and it seems like it, it's good to, to, to position this with, you know, it's not about getting rich. God's not about uh, you having money for all of, you know, for you to be focused on it, for you to serve it, for you to glory, glory in it. He's, he's in it for you to glory, to glory him, to give him the glory, to give him, uh, to give him full access to. You know, a rich Christian can do a lot more good in the kingdom than a poor Christian can. And see, that's why, that's why God wants us to be rich. For what? For the kingdom. We, you know what the, what the kingdom of God can benefit when we're, when we're doing well? When we're, when we're okay? How much more the gospel can go forward? You know the, you know the Bible, or, or I've heard ministers say, um, you know, the gospel's free, meaning that it's the good news of Jesus is free. Doesn't cost you anything to get saved. It's absolutely free. But you know, it usually costs someone a lot of money to get that message to you. And to get the message out, it does. It's not free. It's it's not. It it costs. It, it takes material things. You know, God knows that, <laughs> and He's not scared by that. And material things, you know, you know, He created them. You know, they're His idea. They're not evil. Money's not evil. You know, people think money's evil. No, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's just a tool. Money is just, it takes on the characteristics of the beholder. Whoever, ha- you, you know, an evil person's going to do a lot of evil with, with more money. A good person's going to do a lot more good with more money. It just adds fuel to the fire of whoever you are. And so you're able to do a lot more good. And see, God, he doesn't want you to look to others. He doesn't want you to be reliant upon 
the government. He doesn't want you to be relying upon, oh, I guess I'm going to go figure this out. I'm going to go to the bank and get a loan. He wants you to be reliant upon him. You know, after I got this revelation that I was to seek the kingdom of God first, um, I remember we were in the old building before this one, and uh, and we, they had just announced that hey, we're going to be we're, we're purchasing and remodeling a new building, and that was this building here, and uh, and I and I'm like, awesome! This is this is this is huge, right? And uh, and then there was there was a a building fund, and uh, and you know the message was what it always is, which is. Ask the Lord what you're supposed to do. Ask the Lord how, what, how you're supposed to be a part of it. Seek Him and, and follow the Lord. And I was like, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going we're gonna to get on our knees. We're going to pray. And, uh, and we did, and we, we started talking to God about, God, what do you want us to do? What, what, what part do we play in this? And, uh, and He gave us a number, and the number was, uh, to us, a really big number. We were, we were young, and uh, younger than we are now, I guess. And uh, this was like eight years ago, something like that, before we got in the building. And, and, and again, we, I had just received this revelation that, hey, God's going to take care of us. He's going to be the one that provides for us. And he's going to be the one that causes us to prosper, become rich. He's, his, our, my wealth is on his shoulders, not mine. And, uh, and, so we, and it was a monthly number that he wanted us to give for a year, every month. So 12, 12 monthly uh, offerings, and uh, and the the number was bigger than our house payment at the time, and uh, we had just bought a, a home not too long before that, and we were both working. Uh, and, and you know, I I remember um, I remember hearing that number, and I'm like, okay, God, that's <laughs> all right. Well, let's do this. Let's do this. And 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 I spoke to my wife. I was like, hey, this. This was the number that I got. She goes, yep, that's what I heard too. So we were both on agreement. Like, okay, this, we know without a shadow of a doubt, this is what the Lord told us to do. And so, so we're, we're doing this faithfully for a few months. And a few months in, my wife loses her job. She gets laid off. And, and all of a sudden, our income basically gets cut in half. And, and you know, on paper and the budget, we could make it work before, meaning we could... We could, you know, we, we could have enough for our monthly offering commitment, um, enough for our needs, and we didn't really have a whole lot of extra wiggle room at that time. I mean, basically, instead of saving all this extra money, we were we were giving it. We were saying, this is what the this is going to the kingdom of God. And uh, and I remember having a thought of like, well, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And, I, and then and then kicks in the word. And then, then this, this scripture comes back to my remembrance. And I said, no, if the Lord told us to do that, he knew this was coming, and we're going to be okay, and we're going to still, still fulfill what the Lord wants us to do. And, and going forward, we're like, no, when you do the budget, and you, and you put it down on paper, and, and you're in the negative every month when you're, when you're giving as much as we were when we lost half of our income. And, uh, and I said, Lord, we don't know how you're going to do this, but it's on you. It's on your shoulders. And we're going we're gonna to stay faithful to what you said, and you're going to have to provide. And, and, and God, I don't really think you, we even really should, should have to change our lifestyle. I don't even think we should have to eat top ramen every meal. 
I think the same lifestyle that we had before, you, you're still going to be able to provide all that we need. And so we committed that we weren't cutting spending anywhere. We were just saying, no, Lord, you, you told us to do this, so we're going to do this. And, uh, and, and we, we, we were able to do it faithfully for a couple more months, and all of a sudden, uh, it comes down to a few days before bills are due, and we're, we don't have the money to pay them. And so, you know, I get, I get a call from my wife. Hey, we're, we're needing some cash. We don't have any, anything to pay these bills that are due in like two days. And I, and I just remember something coming up on the inside of me. It, you know, I don't know how it's going to come. I don't know any, anything as far as the, what it's going to look like, but I do know that God is going to provide it. He's going to take care of us. We have his promise. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter what it looks like right now, but I know what, what God said. And, and I think I was like home at lunch. I came home for lunch. And, uh, and, and she has, uh, my wife's talking to me about the bills, and she has this stack of, of bills in her hand. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I eat, we, I have lunch, and I go back to work. And this is before I worked here. And, uh, and, and I go back to, uh, to work, and on my way, I get a call from my wife who's, who's crying. And, uh, and, I'm like, What's, and I'm like, oh, no, you know. What I, what I said in faith was not, did not influence her. And she's crying, and she says, hey, we just got a check in the mail for more than we needed for the, for the bills this month. From, from someone in the church who had absolutely no idea of the position we were in, and a note that said, seemed like God said to send this to you, and, and hopefully it helps, but I just want to be obedient to God. And we're like, see, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> and see, God was faithful to do it, but, but it, it didn't, his faithfulness didn't come through because I was in desperation mode, crying out to God and saying, Oh God, help me. No, it, he came through because I was completely steadfast on his promise. And see, when you are unwavering from him being your provider, when you're unwavering, see, we, we had the option of going to parents who would have definitely helped us out. But I knew that that wasn't what God wanted. I knew that wasn't, God's answer. I knew it wasn't. I knew that was just a, an escape. It was just a me figuring it out. It was just a me putting it back on my shoulders. And and from that time on, you know, the the next few months we were getting getting short again. And uh, God provided me with some side work, uh, you know, doing some construction. And I we were like so blessed with the whole time. We didn't eat anything different than we normally ate. And at the end of it. Um, we, we were able to come completely through and pay and, and, and honor the Lord in our commitment all the way through the 12 months. Even though, if you were to look on paper, it didn't make any sense. But God provides. God was more than enough the whole time. And even though math didn't even make sense in that time, you know, God, you know, when He does miracles, all math, all physics, you know, you're talking about people being raised from the dead. You're talking about limbs growing out. Explain physics in that. Explain how math works when two fish and five loaves feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Explain the math. God's not limited by math. He's not limited by physics. 
He's limited by our belief in what, we're, what we stand on. And His Word is sure. His Word will, will if, if you'll just stand on it, if you'll throw out all the, all the naysayers, if you'll throw out all those little voices that are saying, well, what if? What if it doesn't work? You know, let God be true and every man a liar. Let, let God be true. Let, let every voice that you've ever heard that contradicts the word of God a lie. Just let it be something that you don't even, you're not even, you're not even going to give any credence to. And when you just put all your eggs in one basket, that's seeking the kingdom of God. That's putting him and his promises first. Watch, he'll provide. I really think that as we get towards, uh, towards the end, that there's going to be more and more opportunity to, to start being very, being very mindful of our needs, the things that we're going to eat. You know, it talks about famines in here. There's going to be opportunities for that. But when you are trusting in him, it, it's not going to affect us. It's not going to affect the believers who are standing on his word. It's not going to affect the believers who have taken his word and said, I'm going to ignore what it looks like. I'm going to ignore what the news is telling me. I'm going to ignore all those things, and I'm going to just believe what the Lord said. You know, the Bible talks about, he's, uh, in, in the book of Psalm, it's David saying, uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. And we don't ever have to be in that place. Doesn't matter how bad it gets, doesn't matter what the famine looks like. God's a God of multiplication. And and where we're thinking addition, because that's all the math that we know, he knows how to multiply the fish and the loaves. And he's faithful to do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys got anything to add? Sure. <laughs> don't 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 hesitate. <laughs> I'll go longer. <laughs> I know you will. That was really good, but it wasn't short. <laughs> well, I'm not messing with him. He just said it that he might go short, right? Just calling him out on it. Preachers have a tendency to do that. Misjudge time is what I'm saying. <laughs> While speaking, easy to do. <laughs> Amen. Something uh, that came up in my heart before uh, before the service tonight, uh, and it, it wasn't in my mind really that it would connect to finances, uh, although it's a kind of a works for everything principle. So maybe that was the Lord's intent. And uh, I didn't. I thought, well, I don't know if I'll share. This has to fit. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, but but the the word was interesting. It was that uh, people need to be prepared for tomorrow by believing today. Sometimes uh, I think we get we get in a, a temptation when things are fine in our presence, and there's no immediate need or challenge to relax our faith and not use it, not put it into motion, not exercise it. And 
doing that basically lets lets your your believer, if you will, get lazy. And if I do that repeatedly, let my believer get lazy, my my, my faith get lazy, then it's not going to be uh, prepared for when it's really needed in a more serious way. And none of us are predicting the future and know what what opposition or what challenges may we may face tomorrow or next week or ten years from now. Uh, but we can prepare for whatever. And this is not an expectation for bad things. It's an expectation to be ready for anything. New direction from the Lord. New, you know, how many know the Lord knows what He's going to say to you three years from now? Already knows it right now. Already knows that there, you know, to, to stay in context, there will be a need in the church or there will be a need in an individual's life three years from now. And he already knows, you know what? I'm going to deal with star in March of 20-something. I'm going to deal with her to plant a seed or to meet a need or to pay someone's house off or... He already knows what he's going to do. He already knows what he's going to, where I'm going to be, what plans I'm going to step into. I don't know. He knows. And if he can know then and then back up and know I'm going to need to be ready to do that, then I believe he will lead me to do certain things today. And my obedience to him today prepares me for that. I'll be ready. I'll be Johnny on the spot whenever his word comes to me or some other kind of challenge in life that I didn't don't really see on the horizon. I can be ready for it. Amen. And when I will use my faith today, get it all buff. <laughs> Say, well, what are you going to use that for? Anything. Anything I need. Anything the Lord asks me to do, any kind of anything I need to overcome in my life, I'll be ready for it. Doesn't matter. And if He doesn't give me something to do, I'll use it for someone. I'll pray the prayer of faith with someone who's maybe not as strong. I'll help them get up. Amen. There's a what's the law? How does that law go? The law, the physical law of what is uh, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Did I say that correctly? What about you? <laughs> what about your, your believing? It's easier when it's always moving. It's more difficult when it's stopped, and then you realize, oh, man, there's a hill in front of me. It's a little bit more difficult to get that thing. I don't mean it can't get going, but it's, it's harder. It's, it'd be easier if you were just rolling. And when you're believing, you tend to keep believing. But if we park the thing, we park our faith and just pull it over and just kind of put it in the garage for a few years, you know, when you jump back in it, it might be difficult. You know, you might turn the key and... Uh, 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 uh. What's wrong with this car? Well, it hasn't been used for three years. 
The battery's dead. The gas is old. You know, could be a number of issues that are wrong. What happened to my car? You have to use it. If you'll use it regularly, you can count on it. You can rely on it. It's there when you need it. You know, unless you have a really, you know, troubled car right now. And that's real, I understand. But most people, you don't even hardly think about when you get into your car if it's going to start. I mean, I realize there are some challenging cars out there. But for the most part, if you have a decent car, you, you don't think about, oh, I've got to go to the grocery store and, ah, oh, man, I hope the car starts. I mean, if you've been there or are that, isn't that a bummer? Like, man, I hope that car starts. I mean, that's not better. <laughs> that's worse. It's just another thing to deal with. Uh, what about in, in your, your life when something comes up, you have a need, or the Lord speaks to you to give a large amount to the, to the 2020 expansion? <laughs> I mean, do you think, ah, oh, man, I hope I can do that. What does that mean? I hope I can start that up. <laughs> hope I can start my car. Hope it still works. Ah, I hope I can, man, oh, I got a pain. Ah, ee. What am I going to do about that? Man, I hope I have, I hope I can believe. I hope I can trust God for, for healing. But if you, if you use it all the time, you're not even hardly going to think about it. You go, oh, I can deal with that. Meaning, I'm going to use God's word, God's power, his, the name of Jesus. I can do that. Amen. So believe today. And you'll be ready to believe tomorrow. Hallelujah. What am I going to believe today? Put your faith on something. Ask the Lord to direct you. Pray for someone else. Believe for extra finances. Believe. If you say, I don't need any. Don't be selfish. Believe to give. Yeah. Put your faith out there. Be, be believing for something. Pray the prayer of faith. Do a Mark eleven twenty four. Come on. Do a John fifteen seven. Get your faith out there and believe God to do something for you or through you. When you see it happen, come on. You got it. Your faith is rolling. Has mo you have momentum. And as soon as you're done, as soon as you see the victory with your eyes, you know, it's in the physical realm. What do you want to do now? Give me something else. <laughs> Anybody have a need? Lord, you're going to direct me? Do I need to put money in someone's hand? Anything coming up? Anything, anything I can believe for? Anyone I can pray for? Anybody in the hospital? Come on, let's do this, Lord. I believe you are almighty God, strong and mighty in the midst of me, and I'm ready. Get in a faith cycle. We keep believing. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, thank you for working in us tonight. Thank you. Your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you. You are more than enough. Thank you, you're the all-sufficient one. Thank you for working in us today. You speak to us and our, our hearts get stronger. Your word enters our hearts and we believe. Lord, we put to practice every word we hear, every word from you. We step out of the boat to do what's impossible in the natural realm. We trust you in the financial realm. We trust you that you're guiding us and preparing us for what is ahead. We rely on you today. And we will rely on you tomorrow. And every day of our lives. 
And when Jesus comes back, we believe He will find faith on the earth. Thank you, Father, for ordering our steps aright. (laughs) For ordering our steps aright. Leading us by your Spirit. (laughs) Leading us by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Havarala Maktikanyas. Palarink de Kandalumasi and Dons Dick Ez de Kravalebosian. Hechikala Tefer Labach de Isis of Manaya. Hejalamasi Terra Labugadi Byron de Vigi de Masan Redobananskesh. Celebranici Alabarala Venici Pora Taparas. Frante de Fisha Masando Banoskiti Pravanumus of Tohisi. See? See, see? For you're coming into a time. For there will be many, many, many more opportunities for you to be used by me. And you'll recognize that I'm leading you and you'll find yourself in situations and positions where someone must know me. Someone must know how to trust me. And so prepare yourself for that day, for it is not far away. And suddenly you'll find yourself in the middle of a move of my spirit where you will need to believe and you will need to have confidence in my word and trust me to back you up and to bring my will to pass in your life. And so exercise yourself unto godliness. Exercise yourself unto me and be aware of me and be used by me right now in this day, in this time, and more and more, it'll increase, and more and more, you'll know, and more and more, you'll experience me working through your life. Hallelujah. Take the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the time. Take the time. Take the time to find my will. Take the time to get settled inside. Take the time. We worship you, Lord. We praise your name. We magnify you. We glorify you. We taste of you. And know that you are good. We pursue you. We trust in you. We rest in you. And put our hope in you. And you always carry us through. Every single time, we'll not be left behind. You carry us through. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. For the companies of saints. The company of your believing ones. That are rising up in this these last days. To take their place. To know who they are in Christ. To take up and use the sword of the spirit. Those who will believe you. Those who will trust you and take your word to foreign lands. Thank you for the company of the saints, the believing ones that you are raising up in this day, in this hour, who go forth with the demonstration of the Spirit and power 
they do great works, great signs and wonders follow them. For they have appropriated the work of Christ. They have taken up the word of the Lord and they go forth in mighty power and demonstration. Thank you, Lord, for this company of believers. Thank you for the believing ones. Hallelujah. We are your believing ones, Father. We believe in you. We believe in your word. We believe in your word. Hallelujah. Oh, Shagamalayas. Filled with the Spirit we are. Full of the Holy One. Thank you, Lord. 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 For you are a God of more than enough. More than enough for us. Your grace is sufficient. Each and every day. And all the time. We give you all the praise. All the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord. You remember the time when uh, Paul, the apostle, when there was a, a messenger of Satan assigned to him, and everywhere he went, they'd riot, and he'd get, you know, he was being persecuted day and night for preaching the gospel because Satan was hounding and stirring up trouble everywhere. That's called that's called a thorn in the flesh in the scripture in many places. And uh, and of course he, he was fed up, <laughs> had enough. And the Lord's the Lord's answer to him, because first he tried to get God to make it stop, but that's not really even Paul himself never taught to pray to the God pray to God to do something about the devil. And the Lord you remember what the Lord directed him to? His grace. He said, you can over, basically, you can overcome this stuff if you'll use my grace. God's grace is always sufficient. No matter what comes your way, no matter what either comes against you or what the Lord leads you to do, whatever side of the equation it is, His grace is always sufficient for us to win, for us to succeed and overcome whatever, uh, in whatever we're dealing with. Amen? So, so here's the word. Never believe for a moment that you can't. If you're hurt, if you're, if you're weak, if you're tired, if you're facing an uphill battle, don't entertain the thought, I don't know if I can do this. Interrupt that thought with your mouth and say I can do this not 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 I'm just going to work up enough energy I can do it because God's grace is sufficient I can do this because there is nothing I face today or will ever face in my life that his grace is not sufficient to put me over the top it never takes him off guard pastor Doug mentioned where sin abounds grace does much more abound Nothing we face should we ever look at and say, It's too much. Can't do it anymore. Amen. Say it with your mouth. I can and I will. God's grace is working in me and I'm feeling stronger every minute. I can overcome this just like the men and women of old by the blood of the Lamb word of my testimony and I testify I declare that he is sufficient in me and I overcome and have victory 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, you can't give me thumbs up because this is your service. <laughs> I can finish it. Let's see. Pastor Bill. Amen. Everybody okay tonight? Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand up with me? Praise God. He's so good. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you, and then we'll be dismissed if, uh, uh, if the Lord doesn't stop us. Father, thank you for every person here now. I thank you, Lord, for deposits of grace, ever-increasing grace in their lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for depositing grace in every person. It's their ability to stand. It's their ability to function. It's their ability ability to succeed in life. Your grace, we didn't earn it, but you gave it to us anyway. We all walk out of here empowered by you to live for you, to fulfill your plan for our lives. We say your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you, Lord. We're seeking first your kingdom. You are financing our lives. And you're running it through us to bless the people of the world. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Be blessed.